And now for our second message, we led by Mr. Lawrence Gregory, entitled, What is the Father's Name? Good afternoon. What is the Father's name? We know the name of the Son, our English pronunciation of Jesus. In Spanish, Jesus. In Chinese, I don't know. <laughs> but in different uh, languages, there are different pronunciations of the name of Jesus, the Son of God. So we know that much. Uh, we know in the Hebrew Old Testament, the word Messiah means anointed. And we know in the Greek New Testament that the word Christ means anointed. So there are many names in the scriptures that we come across, many, many dozens of names in the scriptures like uh, I am, Lord, God, the Rock, Prince of Peace, the Branch, the Creator, the Most High, the Lord of Hosts, the Righteous God, Shiloh. We could go on and on and on identifying and uh, referring to uh, names. Now, in the Hebrew, we know there is what we call a tetragrammaton, which is in the Old Testament, Y-H-V-H. And uh, that translation of that Y-H-V-H has been lost over the years. And so no one knows really how to pronounce it, either Yahweh, Yehovah, Yahweh, Yahoo, who knows how to pronounce that? Because the Jews, as they began to become more righteous, uh, wouldn't pronounce that name. And so when they would come across it in writing or, or reading, they would translate it Adonai, which means Lord. Now the word uh, that we get uh, from the English Jehovah uh, the pronunciation, in, like in Spanish, you might have a J that's pronounced like a Y or an H, like uh, San Jacinto or San Joaquin. San Joaquin Valley is uh, spelled with a J, but it's pronounced with a Y. Or San Jacinto is, is spelled with a J, but it's pronounced with an H, San Jacinto. And uh, so you have that in different languages. So uh, we know that... Uh, there is a lot of confusion about the name of the Father. Uh, in the Old Testament, when you have references to a certain person that is identified as a, an individual, uh, the question is, is that the Father or is that the one who became the Son that's talking? So we'll try to sort a little bit of that out. Now, I have four things that I'm going to cover today, and some of them uh, in not quite as much detail because uh, we've touched on them before, or in your studies you know about that. Uh, uh, but uh, we want to go a little bit into the meaning of some of the names of God, and uh, the life of uh, the birth, life, death, resurrection, of Jesus Christ, we know that, the Son of God. And uh, we'll touch a little bit on the floods, the great two floods. The first flood, the great flood that covered this earth, and then Noah's flood. 
Now, there's a lot of confusion, and people spend their lifetimes trying to study in paleontology and geology and trying to sort out uh, those two floods, and they get a little confusion because uh, both of them have uh, inundated this earth, some for a long period of time, some for a short period of time, and so transitions have taken place on this earth. That's a, a little confusing to sort out. And then we want to touch just briefly, although uh, we've had other studies on it and you know, briefly on the Trinity. Uh, are there three persons in the Godhead? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit a person? And where does that Trinitarian doctrine come from? And uh, we've touched on those before. Now, let's go back to... Uh, the first scripture reference that I want is in John 17, verse 5, New Testament. And this is Jesus, and he has a lot to say about the Father and about himself. But uh, we'll just read verse 5 here. And now, O Father, glorify you me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus was saying he was with the Father before there was anything, before the world was. Now let's go back to Genesis, the first chapter. And uh, I know that uh, some of this is familiar to some of you, and uh, some may not be as familiar with uh, some of this. But uh, we'll try to spend briefly on those four points that I mentioned and give a little bit of information uh, it's a long, involved study, a lifetime of research and study to really uh, understand the expansiveness and the fullness of what I'm uh, covering today. But here in uh, Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So now we want to skip up here to verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over everything uh, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So now we have God identified, and the original the Hebrew is um, uh, Elohim. And if you look up in Strong's, if you look up the Hebrew word Elohim, for God, you'll see it's translated many, many times, and it's a plural word. It's a plural word. Now, we know in English, plural means more than one. It means several. It can be two, three, or more. Uh, but at least two. And so we, hear, we have here in verse 26, God saying, let us. So he's talking to another person in the Godhead. And uh, it's very clear that this word God, God, Elohim, means a plurality. So there were at least Two persons. Are there more? Uh, is there a third person? We'll talk about that a little later when we get to the Trinitarian part of this message today. Now, 
in uh, the Bible here in early chapters of Genesis, you have the, when the world was created, uh, then in time it became waste and void and became covered with water and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And this was uh, for how long? Millions of years or billions now? Science tells us the earth may be 14 to 16 billion years old. Now just recently I saw, and probably some of you saw just recently, they have discovered a new solar system that's 13 and a half billion light years out. That means we don't know if they, they don't know, scientists don't know if that uh, galaxy is still existing or not, but the light has been traveling and it's changed colors as time as it travels. Uh, 6,000 miles a year is one light year. So they're expecting to have a new telescope, a superpower like a Hubble telescope in I think it's 2020 or several years from now, 2017 or 2020. And they hope to be able to look back further in time to the origin of when everything started. Then we know from history that there was a time after man had been on earth for a while, then there was a great flood that covered the whole earth. And God sent that flood out of discipline and judgment for sin that was rampant. And so that's why there's a lot of confusion now, I, as I said earlier, about the uh, pre-Adamic flood, and then, uh, which might have been billions of years ago, or millions, or at least 6,000 years ago when God began to recreate or refashion 6,000 years ago this earth. And then after that, uh, several thousand years, uh, 1,500 years or 1,600 years passed, Noah's flood. So for us, maybe, what, 3,500, 4,000 years ago, a great flood was on the earth. So uh, that is for us to study and to sort out with the scriptures and with the history of the earth and with the geology. And some of these true sciences, because there are some false sciences, some true sciences or a true interpretation of these sciences to determine uh, the uh, two floods and what went on there. Now, let's go to, uh, back to the New Testament in John, the fifth chapter. And verse 37, John 5, just breaking into some of his words here. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. So Jesus is saying that the Father was in the background, but the Father sent him. And we know from many verses that uh, everything that Jesus said and did was what the Father directed him to do. And so he always pleased the Father. He did everything and he said everything that pleased the Father. And uh, so he was telling us that we haven't heard his voice, but telling those Jews in those days, you, you've not seen the Father, you don't know him, you've not heard his voice, because at one time, several times, God spoke to man. And man heard, and he wrote down, as Moses wrote down what God said. And at different times when God rebuked uh, individuals, they heard the voice from heaven. But 
Jesus said, you've not heard the Father. Now, what we're going to find out is Jesus is out in the foreground. Jesus is the spokesman. He is the word of the Old Testament. But, and I'm getting ahead of my story here just a little bit here. But sometimes, uh, fathers and son share the same name, like Smith or Jones or whatever. Sometimes they share the same first name, like John or Jim or Herschel or Harold. And we have sometimes father and son and grandfather and several generations sharing the first name. So sometimes in the Old Testament, I'll just explain this to you. When you see the reference to that spokesman that is talking, that is, we know, Jesus Christ, the one who became Jesus Christ. And sometimes when you see the reference to God, it's both God, the Father, and Jesus uh, communicating or giving that message. And sometimes the Father is directing the Son to say certain things in His name. And so the Son is saying certain things, but He is representing both the Father and Himself in agreement. Okay, are you with me? So sometimes the Son says some things that the Father agrees and supports. Like Jesus said, you've not seen his name, or you haven't seen his uh, person, you haven't heard his voice, but everything the Father has given me, I'm, I'm not referring to a bunch of other scriptures where, no, if, you, if you'll read a lot of John, the book of John, and the New Testament, you'll see that Jesus is saying that a lot of the things he said was what the Father gave him to say. And uh, so uh, Jesus is, uh, let's, let's turn to while we're in the book of John, to John 17, 11. And uh, this is a scripture from which I got the uh, title of the message, John 17, 11. And there's a lot in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 that gives us a lot of insight into this particular topic. Uh, Jesus said, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. So Jesus and the Father, they were in agreement. And he said, Keep those other disciples, those other believers that believe on me and you, in your name. Well, what is the name that we're kept in? It's very clear. The name is God. We are kept in relationship as members of the church of God. The ecclesia, the called out, the family of God, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named God. So the last name or the name of the Father and the Son is God. We're kept in the name of the Father. And His name is God. Now, this is a little confusing to people because we have identified some first names in the Old Testament. Like Shiloh, or the Most High God, or uh, the Lord God, or uh, Jehovah, as we pronounce in English, Jehovah. Uh, because we don't know and we don't require... See, we speak English, right? So we say the English name of Jesus for the same salvation, 
Savior, the same in the Hebrew or Greek or Chinese or Spanish or however they want to pronounce it, but we speak English. We don't have to speak Hebrew. We don't have to say, and we don't know how to say it, but we don't have to say Yahweh or Jehovah or, or Yahshua because those pronunciations are a little uncertain, but we all know what Jesus is, right? We know Jesus. Now, l- let me just say this, and wasn't in my messages, but there are a lot of people say, we shouldn't say the name of Jesus because it sounds like Zeus, a pagan god, Zeus. Okay, let's think about that just a little bit. Does that mean we shouldn't pronounce a name because it sounds like another name? So we shouldn't say God because it rhymes with trod. We shouldn't say God because it rhymes with fraud. We shouldn't say God because it rhymes with God is okay to say, even though it sounds like. So Jesus is the English pronunciation of the Son, and we don't have to worry about Zeus or Apollos or Hercules or any of those pagan uh, good stories or bad stories, because we have in the Bible, there's one name under heaven given whereby man may be saved. If you're Spanish, it's Jesus Christos. Jesus Christ. If you're Chinese or Japanese, I don't know what, I don't know how to pronounce. Some of you might know what it is in Chinese or Japanese or Hawaiian or Filipino or Guam or Puerto Rican or Hispanic. We know the Hispanic. We know the English, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Okay, Uh, in Matthew, the 11th Chapter, verse 27, Matthew eleven twenty-seven. All things, this is Son speaking, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Jesus has to reveal the Father to us so that we can know the Father. Do you know the Father? Do you know the Son? Yes, we know the Son. Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he is divine and human. Now, We have in the New Testament, in the book of uh, Matthew, and we have in the book of Luke. uh, First, before we go there, and we're not not going to go there, uh, it's just in in conversation. Uh, Let's go to John, the first chapter. Because uh, these are familiar verses to us. John 1. And um, one and two, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, drop down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, 
and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now we know that word, the logos, the spokesman, the word was Jesus Christ. He was with God before anything started. Those two existed. Now, we know that uh, through uh, Matthew, his genealogy, and through Luke's genealogy, that Jesus was predicted through the angels and through God and through a dream that Mary, who was a good person of the descendants of the line of David, king of David, from Abraham going all the way back to God, she was of the royal line, and Joseph, also the stepfather, was of the royal line of David through those generations in Matthew. He's traced back uh, Joseph, the stepfather, and so, because the stepfather understood the kingly line of descent, then he would be able to respect Jesus, who was to become the king of all. Jesus was predicted to become the king over Israel, over Judah, over the nations, the king that was predicted to come. And so, God selected Joseph, obviously, a descendant of the royal line of David, who was a just man, and now he was married to Mary. And when this happened, and it wasn't a sexual thing, it was just a through the, we're going to see here just a little bit, through an occurrence of God, through the Holy Spirit coming on Mary, and then she became pregnant. Now I see we have uh, children are out, there's not any children here today, but we understand what happens when uh, at conception, when a sperm unites with an egg in a woman's womb, and a new creature is, uh, a new human being is, or animal or whatever, is begotten, is conceived. And so this is what happened when the Father, the Spirit of the Father, came on Mary, and then she conceived what was become Jesus, who was with the Father, but through some miracle that we don't fully understand how this happened, but we know that Jesus became, in the womb of Mary, a human so he possessed both divine qualities, divine characteristics, and human characteristics in the womb of Mother, of, uh, Mother Mary. And he was born of uh, Mary. Now, in the Old Testament, we have this word also that's translated uh, that he was to be Emmanuel, God with us. So he uh, was God in the flesh without sin, so, be his one sacrifice as a God in the flesh was that he was to be able to pay for all of the sins of mankind. As God, he was to die. But as God, he was to be resurrected and he was to live. As a human being, he was to die also because that's why he became a human that he could die. Because a God, a God can't die. A God lives forever, right? God the Father is eternal. That's his name. Uh, the YHVH, the Tetragrammaton, that we translate Jehovah, what that means is, what it is translated is the eternal, the everlasting one. So God is eternal. He'll, he'll always live. Now, in order for him to die, he had to become human, right? 
And so he became the son through this miraculous conception in uh, Mary. And now in uh, Hebrews, we have in Hebrews 9, let's read a, a scripture reference here. Hebrews 9 and uh, verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now we know that in his life, in his uh, death and burial and resurrection, that we're saved by the forgiveness of our sins through his death. Brethren, Romans tells us we're saved by his life. It takes a living Savior to save us. It takes someone who is there, Jesus Christ, as our high priest, who is the Son of God, who is our Savior, and that's what Jesus means, salvation or Savior, who is saving us now. Because we have ongoing present uh, frailties, right? Anybody in here perfect yet? No. I see a shaking of heads, agreement. Anybody needing a present living Savior? Yeah, amen. Even amen. And so Jesus is alive now to appear before God. He's our attorney. He's our high priest. He's our representative that can go to the Father and say, Father, forgive them for they are weak and they're frail and they're human and they've sinned and now they've asked forgiveness and so Father forgive them and I forgive them and so God forgives us. It's very simple. All we have to say is, God, I'm sorry. And he's real quick. He's just waiting for us. Roy, I'm going to pick on you a while, okay? Because you're a big sinner, right? <laughs> oh, Okay. So, Roy, God is just waiting for you to say, God, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Yes, Roy, you're forgiven. It's that simple. It's that easy. But we've got to repent. We've got to say, I'm sorry. We've got to say, God, forgive me. And we don't have to beg, and we don't have to beat ourselves, and we don't have to crawl on our knees. We can just say, God, forgive me, please. And he'll forgive us. He is ready and eager, that eager to forgive us. Of our sins. Now, uh, he is there waiting for us, representing us in heaven, looking for us so that he can go to the Father and say, Father, they've sinned, and please forgive me. I shouldn't focus on you and point you out as a big sinner, uh, <laughs> but uh, forgive me, okay? Am I forgiven? Okay, that's, see how easy it is? Boy, I can pick on a lot of you folks, can I? And then you'll forgive me. It's that easy. Right? Okay. Oh. What? I've got some nays. <laughs> okay. What? Oh, got to, yeah, that's right. You got to ask first. Okay, all of you, please forgive me for my weaknesses and for my inadequacies. Okay. Uh, 
Now, we know, brethren, uh, and I'm going to finish this shortly here, but um, our anticipation is to be with God forever. And that's possible, not in the flesh, but because Jesus Christ has made it possible. And so we'll know better, and we'll get better acquainted with the Father, and we'll know more about who He is, and what He is, and how they worked, and we'll have an eternity to ask a lot of questions. We'll have, we'll be, and this troubles some, and I know, uh, that we'll be in the God family. We'll be spirit being. We'll be in the God family. We'll be as sons and daughters of God. Brothers of Jesus Christ and sisters. Now, uh, I'm going to back up just a little bit. We know that God told Mary that uh, there would be a king, a royal descent, uh, born of her, and that she would be the mother of Jesus. And Joseph, being a just man and, and a good man, they were married, but they hadn't come together yet. They hadn't conceived. They had a, a document of, a legal document of marriage, but they hadn't consummated the marriage yet. And it says that Jesus was the, when he was born, was the firstborn of many brethren. And so we know that Mary later had at least four sons and at least three daughters. At least three daughters, because the scripture says, are not they all, not both, but are not they all with us, the daughters? Now, the sisters of Jesus aren't mentioned, but the brothers are James and Joseph and Judas and Silas. We have those names of Jesus' brothers. They were half-brothers. They were step-brothers. But they were brothers of Jesus, and he loved them. And just as we become brothers of Jesus, and he loves us, we're the stepbrothers of Jesus. But through God, he has adopted us and made us, the Father has adopted us and made us a part of his family. And so uh, we know a lot of those uh, scriptures that uh, I've uh, just been referring to. In, in, uh. Now, uh, I want to talk just a little bit about the Trinity. And uh, if we'll go to Matthew, the first chapter Verse uh, 18, I think it is, Matthew 1. Some of my notes I've overwritten and written and redone. Uh, Matthew 1, 18. Uh, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost. Then we want to drop down to verse 20. But uh, Joseph, uh, being a just man, uh, and he thought about this and said, you know, should I continue with this or put her away publicly or give her a bill of divorcement? He was a, he was a good man. Joseph was, because he thought about this. He was careful. He didn't rush into it. He, my wife is pregnant. And not by me, so uh, what do I do? I don't want to make her a public skeptical or a spectacle or embarrass her or whatever. So while he thought on this, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, you son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Was the Holy Spirit the Father of Jesus? No. No. The Holy Spirit was the agency, was the form, the force, the power of God who came on Mary through the Holy Spirit. Jesus somehow was transferred from that eternal being that he was before into a little infant uh, conceived in the womb of Mother Mary. I don't want to explain any more about that. I think we know uh, from medical and historical and all of the ramifications of that what took place and how Jesus was uh, conceived in the, in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit who wasn't his father. And so that's just another little kink in the anti-Trinitarian doctrine that knocks out that the Holy Spirit was a person. That was the purpose of bringing that up. Now, I'm not going to go uh, any more into that because uh, we understand that very thoroughly. Uh, I have a couple of scriptures in closing here. Uh, in Luke, the 11th chapter, and uh, verse 1 and 2, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth, and he goes through the rest of the requests that he lists, those seven requests, and appreciation, and thanksgiving, and the praise, and the glory. The first thing he says is for us to say, our Father. So Jesus recognized all of his life. Remember, uh, as a young boy, uh, remember his first miracle, uh, contrary to a lot of the movies you see, trashy movies uh, portraying Jesus, was when he converted the water into wine at the wedding, remember? That was the beginning of his miracles. So he, as a child, he didn't do any miraculous things. But he knew as a child growing up, because remember at 12 years of age, when he said to his mother, don't you know, when they were looking for him, and he was in the temple asking, answering and asking questions of the leaders there, he said, don't you know, I must be in my father's house, it must be about my father's business. And it says very clearly, very clearly, brethren, and a lot of people do not see this scripture. When he went back home, it says he was subject unto them. He was a good boy. He obeyed his father. He obeyed his stepfather. He obeyed his mother. He was a good person without sin. He had the Holy Spirit to help him so that he wouldn't sin, so that we could have a sinless Savior. How great Jesus is, and how great the Father was to watch out for him, and to help him, and to bless him, and protect him, and guide him, and be with him all of those times. And Jesus recognized back that Joseph was his stepfather, but he recognized that his real father was God the Father. Now, in uh, uh, Luke uh, while we're here, uh, to, I think it's Luke, second chapter. 
if I can read my notes again, Luke 2, Oh, this is where I, yeah, I got ahead of myself. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. That's what their home was when they went up to the temple at 12 years of age. And was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Wouldn't you have liked to have known Jesus in the flesh? We can know him now in the spirit. We can know Jesus Christ. We can know his character. We can know what he's like and what he said and what he's doing for us. What a marvelous, wonderful Savior that we have that can intercede to the Father for us. He pointed all of the glory that was directed to him to the Father. He, as a good son, transferred it on back to the Father. Um, I'm going to close now, but I just want to say this last paragraph. In this brief time, I hope we better understand the Father's name as God, shared, mutual, as other fathers and sons share their name. Now, we can know Him, we can know the Father, and we can know the Son, but more so, we'll know them better in the future, in the kingdom of God, in the future eternity, as sons and daughters of God, the Father and brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, our Savior.